0: my
1: guy I don't even know where to start with you I don't even know let's let's kind of put all of our cards on the table Blaze here has done one deal just full transparency jumping into this
0: Yeah just a nobody in real estate Yeah
1: no but it's <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to have this conversation because we've had a lot of um, very experienced people that you know mm-hmm. sitting in that seat, and they've talked about how great they are, and it's been really easy for me to go afterwards and do an introduction and say, "Hey, this was Michael Perry. Let me tell you how many deals Michael Perry's done. Let me ha- about the team he's built. Let me tell you about Jimmy Rex. Let me like these po- these intros have kind of written themselves as we've gone through the episode. Right. Other than introducing you as that funny dude with the hot girlfriend, like ha- ha- I like being that guy. That's yeah. cool. Well, I, and I think that you excel in that role, but tell me like legitimately though, like how would you introduce yourself? Uh, no, like knowing who we've, who we've interviewed, right?
0: How would I introduce myself? Uh, I would just say, uh, I don't know. I'm blaze. You know, I feel yeah. like when I say my name is blaze, most people are like, that's not your real name. <laughs> and then I'm like, yes, yes it is. And, uh, I don't know. I feel like as you get to know me, my personality is, uh, I'm loud, uh, I got the Jersey accent sometimes going for me. Uh, um,
1: Where are you from originally?
0: Originally, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. So, but I was actually I was. So born that's the New thing time.
1: is like I've only known you for a couple of years, and yeah. it's been in like very specific, yeah, yeah, instances of real estate, right?
0: I mean, I could give you the story. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to bore anybody who watches this, but uh, honestly, the story is is pretty pretty. Uh, well,
1: ultimately, the goal is to end up is to figure out why 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 real estate. Yeah. Right. And and. We love getting into the beginning of what people's life look like and and kind of talking through what kind of started nudging you in this direction. And this is very new, which is also why we wanted to get your opinion and get your take because the market is getting ready to completely change. And I think there's two ways to view the market right now. It's either very scary or if you're a new agent and you don't have any – there's no adaptation that needs to take place from what the market just shifted from. And you could just jump into this fresh. I think you have a unique opportunity right now to crush it. Right. And we're going to talk through some of that in just a minute, but yeah, right, going back to the beginning.
0: Yeah. The, back to the beginning, um, actually born in Draper, Utah. Um, unfortunately my mom passed when I was really young from leukemia and, uh, my father, I think just really needed to get away. Uh, he got a new job in medical sales. So I grew up with a single dad in sales, you know, m- my whole life. Uh, and my dad always brought me around all of his friends as a young kid, which I think always made me really comfortable around older people.
1: When you say his friends, what does that mean? Like, he would take you to go hang out. You know, like my, what? Because yeah, I, I had the yeah. same thing. and I remember rolling around in my truck, it. going to city council meetings and sitting yeah, in there exactly. with city planners. And like, because my dad was developing and would always now come to find out that SOB was leveraging the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah. Right. He was like, because no one's going to say no to the eight <laughs> yeah. year old in a no. Santa Claus costume. Right. Yeah, like there, it wasn't just out of the kindness of his heart, but like, what, what were those experiences like? What did they look like?
0: Um, honestly, just bring like he was. I, it sounds so corny because I'm from New Jersey, but like you know, he'd bring me around all of the Italian restaurant owners. You know what I mean? He always made friends with uh, the the owners. Uh, what did he do for work? Medical or medical sales? That's yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, he would always, you know, we'd go down to the deli or the bakery and like he's best friends with the owner. You know, we go down to, you know, some of his favorite restaurants. He knows all the owners. Um, and it was just constantly bringing me around entrepreneurs. So I always knew that was my path and I, that's like what I wanted to be.
1: So we always ask, what did you get? Did you take the ACT?
0: Uh No. Took the SAT. What did you get? Like a fourteen fifty. Is something. that good? Ah, oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad.
1: See, we all, i do don't, don't—I everyone that we've asked has only taken the ACT. <laughs> There's been a lot of seventeens and eighteens and nineteens, yeah, and um, but you didn't do well in school.
0: No, I did really good in school. Okay. Um, you know, I always knew how to rob Peter to pay Paul. Uh,
1: okay. You know what I mean? Explain that.
0: Flirt with the cute girl in class and get her answers <laughs> on the math test. You know what I mean? That was yeah. my specialty.
1: Well, you learned that from your dad, right? Exactly. Relationships. It's relationships will get you into more doors exactly. than than.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. But I had no problem being the teacher's pet. Sit right in the front you know, right in the front of the class. Don't be scared. Raise your hand. Answer questions. Actually, you know, go home and do your homework and study, um, and then go to the teacher's office hours. And I did the, that stuff in college too. Um, but long story short, like I don't know. I just grew up around a salesman for a dad, uh, and I always the reason why I brought that up is I always wanted to be like my dad. And my dad played baseball uh, for the University of Utah, and then played in the minor leagues, and uh, so I, that was that was. The dream, the goal, the destiny, you know, pretty much my entire family went to the University of Utah and my dad played sports there. Um, And, you know, my God family and and my aunts, my uncles, like everybody through and through. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to play baseball for the University of Utah. That is what I'm going to do. And I was convinced and I was set on it and I worked hard for it. Uh, I got an opportunity to walk on the team. And, unfortunately, I wasn't good enough. That's just the hard reality of it. Uh, but I did make the team for a short while, and I got to play kind of an early summer fall ball. Uh, once, you know, they were getting ready for the spring season, uh, anyone who was really a walk-on pretty much got cut. Um, and, again, you know, you could call it politics. You could call it numbers. They had a ton of red shirts.
1: There's a whole bunch of reasons it could whole be, A whole bunch right? of reasons
0: why it actually could have been because – I built such strong relationships there because I was that guy. Uh, you know, I was in the hitting barn at 4.30 in the morning before we went to team run at six. And, you know, I was working hard in class and staying after hours and I was getting to practice early and I was taking extra What reps. was the
1: What was the influence for you at that point? You know, was it just to play baseball?
0: Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with a lot of looking in the mirror. I was like, do you really want to do this? Or is it because like you, you know, you think your dad wants you to do this. And my dad always just wanted me to be happy and wanted like the best for me. Um, And I think I just wanted to prove to myself that, you know, I could make a division one team and, and be there. But what I realized afterwards was I, what I learned was how hard I worked uh, and I showed myself, you know, what I was capable of and what I could do. You know, I was pushing the limits of, like I said, you know, waking up at 4 in the morning and then hitting by myself before team you know, run at 6 or team lift at 6, then actually, you know, showing up early to practice, staying after practice, and, you know, doing everything I could, going into the coach's office and asking, what can I do better? How can do I do better? F-
1: you admitted that you didn't make the team. Yeah. Do you feel like that was wasted time?
0: No. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because I built some beautiful relationships from that, met some really cool people, learned a lot about myself and the limits that, you know, I'm was willing to push myself to, and I can look myself in the mirror for the rest of my life. And I know I did everything I could to make that team. Uh, and you know what? Not making that team was the greatest thing that ever happened to me ever. Period. Where do
1: you, where does this optimism come from? Cause I, it, I think I struggle with the same thing, but like so far, you know, we just shut mad cash media down. Mm-hmm. Um, big loss like the whole thing just kind of sucked right the the, how it all ended just the whole thing kind of sucked and 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 it didn't hit me it didn't impact me the same way because I was very there were so many good things that came out of it that it was hard to look at as just a total loss where does where does that come from or what is that do you think
0: um when one door closes another opens and uh You know, it's better to be the guy who's looking for the next opportunity and the next moment and to realize that for whatever reason that didn't happen. And I truly believe everything in life happens for a reason. And, you know, people come into your life for, you know, a reason, a season or a lifetime. Um, You got to just take every experience that comes at you full force and just learn from it. And that's it.
1: So how do you know when it's time to cut bait then? Because I think that's another thing that people struggle with professionally and and in in friendships and in relationships like at some point and you admitted it you're like you know what? I just wasn't good enough right which yeah. I'm guessing that wasn't the coach had a conversation with you and said hey we're cutting you and then later that yeah. night you're like you know what I'm just not good enough yeah like I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't like an instant transformation right
0: <laughs> I would say I cried like a baby yeah. in his office and in my dorm room alone like you know uh, probably for a, a good couple days and how
1: far into school were you at this point
0: uh, I would say started summer, fall, going into spring semester. Of what year for you? Of 2014.
1: Sorry, what what year were you in school? You were uh, freshman, a freshman? Yeah. This was, like, your very first year. Very right? first
0: okay. year, yeah. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I was sitting there, and I just kind of, you know, looked myself in the mirror and was like, why are you feeling sorry for yourself? You know? Uh, like, all right, that door's closed, but that doesn't mean, you know, 10 doors are open, and honestly, what I did was I just got involved, um... You know, so th- I had a great idea. I said, I'm going to rush a fraternity. <laughs> and uh, That's the next yeah. most logical step. And no one in my family has ever been in a fraternity or anything like that. To be honest with you, uh, I thought it was completely just whack. Like, I was just like, that is for losers. You know what I mean? Like, so all this
1: time, though, you're still studying at school, right? Like, you're you're yeah. trying to figure out, was it hard to stay motivated in school at that time?
0: Um, no, it became way easier to be okay. honest with you just because I had all this time that I've never had before ever in my life. Cause like even in high school, I was on four different baseball teams. Um, you know, I would say I was kind of like uh, for my time, I, I would say I was like the man, you know, in a small town yeah. it, for baseball yeah. at least. Um, you know, and I played football. I mean, obviously
1: you had to be good enough to walk on, right? Like yeah. still walking on is still a very high level of baseball.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I was like really, I don't think I was bad. I just think it's just, you know. Division one is no joke. It's um, different. It's different. Uh, and then I also played basketball as well. And I played on a few AAU teams in high school. Blah, But anyways, like, I just never had time is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, and I finally, like, had time to focus on school, which is great. But I had all this time to go do other stuff. So I jumped in the pool and I, of just getting all in and filling my time up from six in the morning and on. So, for example, like, in college... I started, I was trying, I was like, you know what? I've never tried other things. Let me go try weird stuff. I, I signed up on a soccer team, uh, an intramural soccer team, met these kids from Boise, Idaho. They thought I was crazy. You know, I'm talking with different accents and stuff, like pretending like I'm playing FIFA. And I'll never forget it. The first like couple minutes, uh, and I've never played soccer before in my life, they put in a cross and I just laid out header <laughs> right in the back of the goal. These kids are like looking at me like, who is this guy? And I just made friends that way, right? Um, going to the life center playing pickup basketball made a ton of friends just playing pickup basketball um, you know uh, working out with different guys in the gym you know getting to guys you know getting to know people that way um, what else um, you know joining city leagues uh, you know I, I took up playing golf and and you know, building so many different relationships that way. Um, I played in a futsal league, which is like the indoor soccer league. Yeah. Um, I joined the Rebel House, which you know, doing boxing and, and cycling. Um, I joined Core Power Yoga and started doing yoga. And I, like, just got, I don't know, I dove all in and I met all these people from all over the place. And I quickly realized, like, it, it's okay to, like, be a regular dude and, like.
1: want well, to be all in on life, yeah, right? Like, and I, to be all in it. on, like. On, on trying to do as much yeah. as you can with the time yeah. that you have in the day.
0: I just constantly woke up and like had something to do. And then especially with the fraternity, um, you know, I, I remember walking in there the first time I got in a fight with one of the actives. Cause <laughs> I don't know, um, me, my competitive attitude and my mentality was just like, I, I remember they were like, uh, they had FIFA, uh, FIFA tournament and it was a $50 gift card to the pie. And so I sat down and I was like, I don't care about getting to know any of these guys. Like I wouldn't win that damn gift card. <laughs> um, I get to the championship round. I get in a fight with this guy named Amita cool Coolest dude ever. Um, and, <laughs> and we're like fighting with one another. And next thing you know, it's like, is Blaze going to get in the house or not? You know, they told me at least at voting um, a while ago. And uh, I got in and I met people that I had no business meeting. But the only reason why I honestly joined that fraternity was because they raised money for Huntsman Cancer. And my mom passed away in the Huntsman Cancer Institute. So, to go back to your question earlier, and sorry that it took such a long way to get to it, um, I felt like my mother pushed me um, to say, hey, it's okay to hang up the cleats on the whole baseball thing. You're meant for other things. Um, and I won't say, you know, it's like you're meant for better because, you know. You're you, meant for different, though. Both, both paths yeah. were great. Uh, it's just, you know, I felt like, yeah, that was my, it was my mom who pushed me, and I think that's where my optimism really came from. Uh, and I just said, you know what, for some reason, the baseball thing didn't work out. So I'm going to give the Sigma Chi house everything I have. And because I jumped all in, I met so many cool people, um, from all different walks of life, from different countries. We speak different languages, guys who are LDS, guys who weren't LDS guys from in-state guys from out of state. And I just built relationships and bonds with so many cool people. So, was then what, so, different.
1: so then what was your first experience with real estate? So like, when would you say that real estate kind of hit your radar? Cause you've, you're one of those that has been on the outside looking in and been very familiar because of the friend group that you have, right? Yeah. Um, like that's I, when you told me, I you called me what, 60 to 90 days ago and said, Hey dude, I'm getting licensed. And I was, I was excited. Like this is all new to you, but you've been around it for years. And I would say you've seen the inside more than a lot of people probably do because of the friends that you do. Definitely. So what, what was kind of, when did real estate kind of come into your world? And then when did you, and then let's go to there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, real estate really came into my world again through the, just the connections at the Sigma Chi house. Tons of alumni were very successful in real estate, very wealthy guys. And so that topic of conversation always came up. Uh, I met Mason Conley, uh, who helped start the Perry Group, um, at a pool party and like junior, or senior year of college. <laughs> and me and this dude hit it off. If you know Mason, uh, he's six foot five, hundred and fifty, and just a big boy who's literally the nicest, the nicest person guy you'd ever meet in
1: the entire world.
0: And my competitive personality came out, uh, we're in the pool and I'm, I'm like, I'm like the Jack Russell Terrier who just wants the biggest stick in his mouth <laughs> in the yard. Um, I just went right up to him and I was like, I was like, let's go check up. And he was like, "What, man?" And I go, "Come on, one on one, big boy. You think you're you think you're all that?" He starts like laughing. Next thing you know, at this pool party, him and I are just throwing elbows, going at it. You know what I mean? And uh, he's an ultra competitive individual. And he's also ultra. He
1: doesn't let a ton of people see that I think, but uh-huh. Mason hates to lose yeah. more than oh yeah the majority of people that he, I know.
0: Mason hates to lose more than he wants to win. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm banging threes, and uh, <laughs> and he's getting all pissed off, and. We just formed a bond right then and there. It sounds corny. It's a true story. it's we should have been talking to girls, but you know <laughs> uh we just fell in love with each other and um you know, I didn't know what he was doing at the time, uh, and that's what how was I he met doing Michael. at the time
1: where like where yeah. Where was this in their timeline?
0: honestly, in their timeline, it was right when I first met Michael and Mason when they had you know. I know I can't speak for for Michael, but I can't speak for Mason. You know, Mason was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm like thirty grand in in debt, and we just started this real estate company, and it's gonna work out."
1: (laughs) And I'm just like, "What year was this? (laughs) 2019, 2018?" Right when they started the group,
0: yeah. I would say it was was probably 2017. Um, And you know, Mason was telling me all the funny stories about him and Michael together. Uh, with Jack, with Jack, yeah. not knowing a di- like what they were doing, but they were doing it. They were giving it their all. Yeah. And they I were wanna, all in. If they, if they do listen to this podcast, I want to give them such a, uh, a huge shout out of, they showed a bunch of old dudes that we can do things differently yep. and do just as well, if not better than you. Yep. And I think that is really cool. Oh, and, it's yeah. And I, I did, texted
1: Michael the other day, making fun of him. I'm like, I am so glad that I can tell my kids that i used to know michael perry right just because what he i i think the level of youth that he is infused like the tables that he's sitting at in the tape like i'm like dude i i am really glad to know you like you're a cool dude i'm stoked to see what you're doing but that was at the beginning and it's interesting to see it's interesting to hear that perspective of what they were actually chiseling away at at that point and it wasn't easy right no uh
0: i think i think zillow you know uh was obviously it was new at the time, and they took advantage of a tool and a resource and a system.
1: They weren't afraid of technology. No, right,
0: right. Where uh, where real estate was kind of old school, right, and they brought new school to it, and they brought culture, and they brought a fun community, and they brought that young energy into the office, and I think that was that was you know so cool for me to watch it grow, and you know I can't lie, uh, it, it was it was hard and yeah. Fun. Why didn't you jump in? I, I didn't want to go work for my buddies, and I also just had a crazy opportunity uh, that I'll touch on briefly. I, uh, I had an opportunity with a gentleman named James Hall, who's my mentor, and just a guy I really look up to in business.
1: To uh, James? To
0: James. He is a beast. Uh, I met him through raising money for Huntsman Cancer. I got him on the phone. And I was just raising money. And next thing you know, we went out to lunch, we fell in love, you know. And uh, he invited me. Do you fall in
1: love easy? That's the second like falling in love story. I
0: just love the dude. Um, And uh, he invites me up to his house in Park City. And I'm looking around like, whoa, this guy does pretty good. He's got jets, cars, houses all over the world. And I was just asking myself, who is this guy? Yeah. And he offered me a job. Uh, he said he was starting a company. To be honest with you, when he was telling me the, the whole pitch, I didn't even know, hear what he said. I was just like, <laughs> sure, man. Whatever, what <laughs> you if, had already said yes. I was like, he said, yeah, hey, dude, man, I you got want. an opportunity Let, Yeah, for let's you. go. You're reloaded, so whatever <laughs> you want. Uh, and I, I mean, Does I, money buy
1: happiness? I don't know, but I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I learned a lot. I, I feel like I'm the luckiest kid in the world. Uh, I am fresh out of college, flying around the country on this guy's plane. Um, it was definitely interesting. Uh, here I am on this guy's plane. You know, I don't know, and he has a global, so it's not like you know a little jet. It's a plane, plane. It's a plane, plane. Yeah, um, he owns Winston Churchill's birthright home in England, <laughs> and I'm just like, who is this guy? Yeah, but he taught me so much. Well, what does he do? Uh, insurance. Okay, so that's how I got into the insurance game. Um, what we did was we built out a uh, an API for automotive dealerships. What is API? Allowed. Sorry, an API. Um, to be honest, with you, you don't even know what it means. <laughs> Uh, couldn't tell you. It's okay. Uh, I couldn't either. No. Um, but we built out a an API that allowed the dealership to send you an auto insurance quote to your phone while you're on the showroom floor after you agreed to numbers. So dealers have a tool that is a desking tool, and it goes over into their finance. So we just created that API that that would uh, when it would hit the finance office, it triggered the text message. It would go through you know twenty different carriers and then send you the best quote. Uh, you could for that it, new car. For that new car, on the fly, exactly. Sweet. And then we would share the commission with the dealership. Um, that went from you know startup in his house to office space down we work down in Salt Lake to sold in two and a half years for over three hundred million dollars, which is insane. That's crazy. Crazy.
1: And you own fifteen percent of that. You said
0: <laughs> I. I wish. Um, no, I was a small small fish, but uh, I'm an, or I wouldn't be sitting here talking about doing real estate.
1: When did you meet your girlfriend?
0: Uh, we met in college, uh, 20, I'd say 2020.
1: So she is a gymnast. Yep. At the time. Yep. On the U of U team. Yep. What is your opening line to her the very first time that you see her?
0: Uh. Do you remember? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, well, I hit her up via Instagram, actually. (laughs) Yes, I did. You hit the DMs? Oh yeah, I hit the DMs. I slid right in. And it's because we knew each other, you know? Uh, we knew of each other, uh, just through mutual friends. What
1: possessed you? What? What made you think like, hey, you know what? I'm I'm gonna shoot this shot. Did she look at you for two? Like what? What? Like what? What was it that you're like? Okay, now I gotta go for this. I
0: don't know. Just the confidence and optimism of. No, she'll talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, no, she's yeah. definitely going to hit me back. You got
1: cut from the walk-on team at, at the U. Like, of course she's going to talk Yeah, to you. she's going to talk
0: Exactly. I, uh, and she I? did, though. Yeah. She did. She That's did. manifesting.
1: She wrote back. You manifested and, uh, it.
0: And, yeah, next thing you know, Okay, so what was your opening Look, line? I'm a big okay, you What know was what? your opening We're, line? Screw the real estate thing. Let what me, was let your me opening offer line? some real estate okay, let's go. some relationship let's advice go. What?
1: for the fellas out there. Okay, when you hit up a girl Hold initially, on. Nico, can we show a picture of Blaze and his girlfriend? We're gonna show one right here in the middle. Blaze is that dude that you see at the restaurant and you're like, he either makes a lot of money or he's really funny. And then you talk to him for five minutes, you're like, Okay, he's really he's funny. He's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like um, that's that's how I would describe you and her. Well well right? thank you. I appreciate it. No, that's a that's a out of respect. Um
0: I pick up the phone. Okay. Okay. There's no texting, chit chat, like everyone our age and below, they just want to talk on the phone for hours yeah. before they actually get to the date. We're going to save the talking for when you get to the date. So set the appointment. Okay. So you the say fo-
1: you go straight for the appointment.
0: Yeah. Here's real estate right here. It's an, a- the phone is an appointment setter. Okay. As you know, just pick up the phone. I remember, I'll never forget. It. I called her. I was like, I was like, uh, so you just DM'd her and say, what's your number? Yeah. She was like, uh, Hello. And I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And she was like, "Who is this?" All pissed. And I was like, "Come on, you know who this is." Stop. And she was like, "Is this Blaze?" And I was like, "Damn right, it's Blaze." I, I, and then <laughs> you I, did not. Yes. Talk to yes her oh, like yes, that. I did. So there she giggled, go. of course, which was great. And I just said, "Can I take you out to dinner on Wednesday or Thursday?" And you know, you it's not—it's not, it's not different than real estate. You know, you're setting the appointment, and uh, it's just sales in general. And uh, does she know that this is how you look at it? Uh, yeah, she better. She better. She knows she married a salesman or she's going to marry a salesman. Are you
1: guys going to, are you going to do the thing?
0: Uh, not for a while, but Why? we will. What's the point of waiting? You, you know, that's a great question. Um,
1: I think most guys in your seat would be I think it's a great, great question.
0: Uh, yes. And right now I'm building a company,
1: um, which we'll touch on a little bit. Well, uh, that's a, that's a big portion of what we're going to talk about.
0: I think right now in a stage of life, she just got done with gymnastics where like, that's all she's known her whole life. And she's just jumping into business uh, and she's actually in a sales job right now. And I think if we jumped into marriage right now, before she figured out, you know, this next piece of her life, um, you know, I want her to feel comfortable moving into the next step. We're like, I've kind of been out of college, right? And I've been working and I've been figuring out myself. Um, you know, I explained all those things that I, I tried and jumped into in
1: different jobs. You know, with her, gymnastics was the one thing her whole life. You might be the most confident man, I have ever had a conversation with. Why? For you to say that you want her to go and find herself. Absolutely. Good for you,
0: man. You get. You know, sometimes people jump into marriage a little too quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, someone like you, dude. You know yourself. You know who you want to be. You know the direction you're going. So yeah, but I would why, say like you I you didn't g- at
1: the time when I got married, like the things that I love about my wife today. I, you met her. When did you meet my wife?
0: I I met her like two years ago.
1: I'll say it's been a while now, and like the reasons why. I probably loved her when I introduced you to or two years ago, or not the same reasons why I love her today. Right. After starting a company together, after raising three kids together, after like living life together for a couple of years, and seeing, like, it wouldn't have made a difference so if I was married or not, right. right? Like, I could have been. I and I asked you that more like as a as a joke than anything, but like, I don't think that you need to be married in order to grow like that together. And I don't think it lessens the commitment at all because the reasons why I stay with my wife today are not because we're married. Yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So
1: so how, how how does all of this translate into real estate? You do insurance for a while, you get you guys end up buying getting bought out, and then you're like, okay, now what's next?
0: Honestly, I just saw one of my best friends in the world become successful in real estate. You know, he had two cars in the garage. You know, and they're not like cheap cars. You know, yeah. the guy's putting two hundred thousand dollars cars in the garage. He's got Rolexes on his wrist. He's got all the fancy clothes. Uh, and I thought to myself, like, what is he doing that I'm not? And it's not that I didn't have some of those things either. It's just that, you know, he was 26, or 25 years old, 26 years old, tripling what I making. He moved a lot of real estate. A lot. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong. I was making a, a lot of money myself. But when you're just around other people that are doing exponentially more than you are, you know, you, I don't know, you think what you're doing is not well, enough. You're
1: probably looking at people, too, and you're like, I, with all due respect, if Mason can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that's disrespectful to say. I don't him, think so uh, either. Mason, because I think that you're OK with people looking at you and being that guy. I'm OK with people looking at me and being that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, what was it that finally you're like, OK, I'm in on this.
0: So after our company sold uh, for a ton of money, uh, you know, it was uh, a nice little kick to the bank account. Uh, How to much be did you make? You, you, your company helped change my life. Um, Edge Homes did? Edge Homes did. absolutely. Shout out. How yeah. so? Uh, I sold my house and vineyard. Um, you, know, you paid what for it? I paid three sixteen. Yeah, sold for almost five twenty five.
1: Congratulations! Um,
0: so you know that was that was a huge kick to my you know my life. Um, you know,
1: so so you were actively investing in real estate and seeing like okay this is pretty sweet like what exactly what it can do. Not only can it help buy those things, but like the lifestyle that real estate can actually lead to is crazy.
0: Crazy, and uh, you know nothing worth having though is it, you know, comes easy, and I'm yeah. learning that now. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, I would just say this is, you know, I invested in real estate. I did the flip with Mason and Travis um, and Zach, and that was a tremendous experience for me, you know, and it was kind of funny because I it was the first time I ever just like sniffed a little bit of dough in my life. You know, it just, yeah. paid, you, know, you know, 200 grand, off the sale of that home and, you know, a hundred K plus off, uh,
1: appreciate you being a client by the way.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, off, you know, the sale of our company. So it's like, here I am 26 years old. They've manifested all this shit. I've worked hard <laughs> to make like three, 400 grand. And again, some of the people you brought on the show, they'd laugh at that. That's not a lot of money, but in my head, you know, I'm feeling like the man, you know, it's yeah. like, and Mason you called very me. much were right. It, it felt like it. Uh, and you know, Mason called me and he was like, Hey, we, we need a hundred grand to close on this house. I need your help. Let's go today. And he's a closer. And I was just like, I mean, what do you, what's my return going to be? And he was just like, blaze, you know, I'll take care of you. We'll run through the numbers and idiot me. Like I love Mason to death, but I should have been like, no, let's get all hey, the shit yeah, let writing. Let like, me hear a little me, bit more. Yeah, about let me this. see the yeah. numbers. I dude, I'm not kidding with you. <laughs> I wired the kid a hundred grand and, uh, I just believed and trusted him. And, um, you know, I think
1: you believed in the product at that point too, right? Yeah. In what real estate was and what Mason was doing.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I don't regret it. I mean, I made 30% of my 100 grand in six months because Travis and Mason and Zach are smart dudes. Yeah. Uh, So I was really lucky to be in that position.
1: How do you think, because you've done a great job, I think, of positioning yourself in the rooms with people that know more about what you're doing. Yeah. I I think just as I hear you talk, um, which I think is, uh, like, I, I, I just barely started having professional coaching within the last six months right like it's it's all very new and it's because i think for the most part i was able to put myself into rooms with people that like i like listen i'm just gonna sit in the back corner over here i'm not going to say anything just keep talking yep. mason and travis and, and keep teaching me and i'm just going to sit back yeah. and listen yeah what uh, do you h- how do you think you go about that
0: i don't know i, I kind of want to go back to your optimism question um and tie it into that because when i was in the fraternity stuff i was in rooms that i had no business being in rooms with uh john huntsman uh, for example, had lunch with that guy. Um, and I just saw, you know, he built a billion-dollar company. It was worth $16 billion by the time yeah. he passed away. But he changed so many people's lives, gave back to the community. Uh, and I just saw in SIG, I just saw so many successful doctors and lawyers, uh, people in, you know, real estate developers. right? Yeah.
1: What did you get your degree in? Business administration and with accounting. The, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Very I didn't good. think it was like, that's good for you. GPA was? 3.8. Damn, son. Damn, son. Well, I wasn't the smartest kid in class. I made Damn, friends with son. the smarter kids Good in class. for you. Um,
0: so that goes back to what you were saying. I've always How recognized How do you create that. value
1: for those people? Because I think you see it from different people that post. Like, the most annoying, and I agree with them, you get it from title reps, you get it from mortgage guys, the most annoying DM that you can possibly get is, hey, can I take you to lunch? Yeah. How can you... How can you go? And I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to create value for you, but it's like the the lunch isn't what matters, right? It's not the lunch, but it's the it's the relationship that can be built. How do you create value for people like that when when you might not have as much to contribute in the conversation?
0: Yeah, to tie back into real estate and why there's people who are successful and, and there's people who aren't. Uh, you have to find their motivation. Um, what whatever just whatever it is that they like. It could have nothing to do with that class. Uh, just find find something that they like
1: so the way that your current business now is set up you have one of the Titans and one of the pillars of Utah real estate backing you yeah you have lucky Josh the man right. Stern yep. who uh, together with his mom built the stern team which would which still continues to sell how many deals a year do you know oh my God I, I think somewhere between four to six hundred sales a year she, she, I don't want Josh I am so sorry for what I'm sure I'm completely off but they they sell a lot more real estate than the majority of people that you ever yeah. talk to
0: the stern team, uh, for the past twelve years, I believe has done over four hundred million in volume, like every year, consistently, yep. year in year out. Uh, and Lee Stern is in her seventies. I golf with that woman, and I love her to death. Uh, she works in the office right next to me. She's still
1: cold calls. She's still cold calls. She's still cold calls the shit st- out of phone calls. calls every single day.
0: You know, like you know, hi Carrie, this is Lee. You know, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. You know, it it's it's motivating to be in the office. Um, so basically, Mason, you know. Uh, he was like, dude, you just need to get in real estate. Like you just, you need to do it. You need to just, you know, go all in. Cause we sold our company our, you know, I, I, now I'm kind of sitting here for six months. I was doing the flip and then I was just like, I'm kind of lost. I don't know what to, what I want to do. Uh, I, I, I feel completely lost. What's the next step? What's again, I've had a door close. What's the next door open. And, uh, Mason called me, I was at the gym and I'm like running the treadmill and I'm like, what's up, idiot. And next thing you know, he goes, hey, this is Josh Stern, buddy. And I'm like, <laughs> did you know who Josh was at no that clue, time? No. Clue. Yeah. Could care less. You know what I mean? I was okay. Who are you? you know. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, congrats. <laughs> uh, what's uh, he starts laughing. He said, Mason said, you and I need to go to lunch. And I just said, sounds great. You want to go You know, later today or tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow. I you know, have no idea who this dude no is. No idea. I don't know. You just got to say yes to opportunities in life, I guess. And just be lucky that say people that again. are looking out for you. Say that again. Just got to say yes.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that talk themselves out of their own opportunities.
0: Yeah, say yes to opportunity. Uh, and so we went out to, what's the worst that's going to happen? I might just make a new friend. might have yeah. a great conversation. And that, whatever, that's it. And that, and that could be it. Uh, we went out to lunch, and he just, he shared his vision with me. And um, now we can get back to all the real estate stuff that people would, uh, would want to listen to, not well, me yeah, talking so about what's my that? life story. <laughs> what's that vision? So... You know, Josh Dern Josh his specialty is, is vision, and vision is seeing what others can't. And Josh absolutely, you know, sees the vision. And he, he, he's very um, Socrates-like in the way of, you know, Socrates has that famous quote of, uh, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. Uh, Josh is everyday learning uh, and, and, and teaching. Um, and the one reason really why I wanted to partner with him was, you know, he shows up to lunch, In average clothing, uh, you would never know the guy is extremely successful, doesn't need to work ever again, uh, and he's purely doing this because he wants to give back. Guy packs his lunch to work every day. Um, He's very low-key. He's very low-key.
1: He takes his time off.
0: Yep, yep. He's good
1: about his time management, I would say. Absolutely. Better than most, especially in this industry.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think he just genuinely wants the best for people and really wants to see others succeed. Uh, and his vision is there are so many successful independent, independent agents uh, here in Utah and all over the country. But honestly, right here in Utah. I mean, for the past 10 years, we've been in a growing market. And, you know, I felt like you know, for the past four or five years, you could probably sneeze and sell a house. You know, obviously now it's way harder. Yeah. Um, but there's so many successful independent agents out there. And Josh's vision is I want successful uh, agents to join my coaching program. And in return, I'll give them all the benefits of a team. I'll coach them three times a week. I'll give them all of the structure. I'll give them leads, CRM, the tools, the resources, the systems, and the processes to be successful. And I'll allow them to lead with their name and their brand as an independent agent. So they join our program and don't—that their name doesn't disappear. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to join a team or successful independent agents don't want to join a team because they're going to lose their name, their brand, and their image. And they just spent thousands of dollars on that.
1: Yeah. And that's... That especially going into what I think this market shift is going to turn into, that that's going to turn into what brand is the most solid. So if you are on a team, you better be very, very confident in what that team, like if going back to our friends, the Perry group, if you're an agent and you're calling, you're saying, hey, I'm such and such with the Perry group, that carries weight. Yeah. Right. Me being able to call and say, hey, I'm calling, I'm an agent with Edge Homes. That carries weight within the industry. Right. This, this is kind of a different focus where, you know what, you're going to have to build your brand. I'm going to show you how to do it because the Stern team has a very solid personal reputation for Josh. Here's how I'm going to build a personal brand. And that, and that there's not a ton of places that are offering anything like that, right? Well,
0: let me go back to a little bit. Um, you know, this is also only designed for s- agents who are already successful. So you know, this isn't designed for new agents.
1: Sorry, and what is your role? Are you an agent? You're uh, you're leading this correct? Yeah, my you're role is, is director of sales.
0: Yeah. And then I'm also leading the charge with uh Dave Bachman, who was a successful real estate agent in New Jersey actually. So it's funny that we have two Jersey boys on the team. Yeah. Um Dave is uh way smarter than me, uh by far, just way better than me. Everything real estate.
1: How many agents do you guys have so far?
0: We have seventeen.
1: Damn, son, I didn't know you guys had that many. Yeah. Good for you.
0: Yeah, we're looking to have – we're hoping we will have 30 by the end of the year.
1: And so right now, what what are you guys focusing on? Like what is your – and ultimately this is me leading up to a, a difficult question that we can just ask now. You – the people that you were friends with before you got licensed are now your competition Yep. to an extent. To an extent. How do you, as a brand-new agent that has less than three deals under your belt – how do you compete with somebody like Michael Perry? Yeah. You guys go to the same, and I'm not even asking for you to disrespect or anything like that, no. but I also want people to understand that like, it, just because you're new doesn't mean you can't still be damn good at what you do. Right. Right? Yeah. So how, how do you, as somebody that is ultra competitive, that's focused on who you are as an individual going into the transaction, not the weight the team's going to carry, how do you compete with somebody that would appear to be a mega agent, mega successful, um, a lot of team because Michael not only can call and say I'm a part of the Perry group, he can call and say I lead the Perry group. Right. How do you compete with that if you're if you're working with a, a seller or a buyer?
0: Uh, respectfully, <laughs> respectfully, um, respectfully. I would just say, well, who do you think taught Michael everything he knows? <laughs> Josh Stern. It's very true. So do you want to yeah. you know do you want to learn from the master or do you want to learn from the Padawan? Um, <clears throat> Michael's really smart. Michael's an amazing agent. Michael's an amazing leader. I love the guy. I was honored to be at his wedding. Uh, I ran into him yesterday at Bjorn's Brew. He got out of his car, gave me a hug. Him and I are super close. For sure. To answer your question, honestly, I don't. And I, and I, I don't. am just Michael using him, Competition.
1: And I'm just using him as an example. But how how do you compete in an industry right now where you have some very very experienced agents that are really good at what they do? How do you how do you compete against that when you can't? when you can't rely on the track record as yeah. much as, like, <clears throat> and I, I still think it's very doable, right? I still think it's very, very doable to to explain why you're good at something without talking about the volume that you sell or the team that you're a part of. Like, I, I think that you can very much do it. You just have to be very aware of what you are good at.
0: Yeah, I mean, it goes back to, like, the the old saying of, uh, you know, uh, hard work is always going to outbeat talent. Facts. And so, I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. So with Josh's vision, like I said, there's so many successful independent agents out there, right? Yeah. Um, so people who've been doing 10 to 20 deals a year without, you know, the Perry group, without a team. So Josh's vision is how can I get them to double their production? Well, how I'll do that is what we're going to do Monday through Friday is at 8:15 we're going to have a huddle call. Every single day, Monday through Friday, where we get together as a team, and we talk about what were our big wins from yesterday and what are our goals today? What are we going to get done today? I'm going to knock 50 doors today. I'm going to make 50 contacts. I'm going to circle prospect uh, my listing here, here, and here. Uh, I'm going to hand out 50 business cards here, here, and here. You know, whatever whatever the goals are, you know, you list them out for the team and the team holds you accountable. Uh, next, we roll right into a script practice, uh, and that's at eight thirty in the morning. Uh, we do that for about thirty minutes before we get in at nine, and we prospect from nine to noon. Now, Dave leads the prospecting calls, and you know we're going over just canceled scripts, we're going over expired scripts, we're going out, uh, going over just listed scripts. I mean, we are going through a different script every single day. You know, forty different uh, objection handlers. All of those things.
1: These are and these are all based on things that Josh has seen after selling Absolutely. after doing and processing hundreds exactly. and thousands of transactions exactly. at this point.
0: So we're just we're just continually beating on our craft and working on our skills every single day. Uh, And there's so many teams and individuals that don't hold themselves accountable and do that every single day.
1: Well, especially in the last couple of years with what the market has been. Exactly. Skills went out the window. Skills went out the window. You didn't need skill. Yeah. And in the last two years, it was very hard to see who was actually good at selling real estate and who just had a really good network of people that were trying to buy a house at the point. Right. Right. And it's going to be very interesting to see going into the next couple of years what agents stand out, but I think it's going to be those that have the personal brand and are very crystal clear on why they're good at what they do, which is what you just said, right? You you can list off all of the reasons why you are a very viable option for people to use to buy or sell a house right now. Yeah. Because I am in and before noon, I have already put in more time to getting better at this than than the majority of my competition will exactly. this week.
0: Exactly. Um and to you know, I'll I'll just continue real quick. Um, you know, from nine to noon we're we're prospecting and you know, a lot of a lot of people I've learned in real estate don't want to pick up the phone. No, uh, I've interviewed plenty of agents who are scared to pick up the phone, and that doesn't make them a bad agent. And again, Michael Perry, it's very common in this Michael industry. Michael Perry, Mason, and Jack—they showed you that cold calling wasn't the only way. You know, yeah. um, and so I'm not saying that that is the only way, but we're doing that three hours a day, and all that other stuff on the. Well, yeah, and end. I
1: think if you're if you're the type of person that wants to knock the way that you're doing it, you better have okay now we're going to probably get into numbers we're going to get into something which is you better have a track record and and be very crystal clear like that's the difference between the people that we're talking about is you're very clear on your way but if anybody knocks it and they're not michael perry they can very clearly say this is the way that i'm going about my business and approaching it like that you need somebody in your life and if your broker's not doing that then what are they paying the money for right right if you're if if your coach or your mentor isn't actually adding value and pulling you forward like that, then what are they adding to you? And, and we're going to get Josh on the show. Hopefully soon. Hopefully you go back and tell him this has been fun. Cause yeah. I already I told think, him I was coming. So. I think having Josh on would be absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. um, And the guy's just, <laughs> he'll, Brilliant. he'll pump you up. He'll, he'll make you want to go sell 20,000. Yeah. Um, you know, what's great, too, is having Josh uh, every single Monday as well. He sends out numbers that matter, learning how to run absorption reports. And one thing I've noticed that a lot of agents don't do is when they send over a CMA, they don't add the absorption report in that CMA that they're sending over. Uh, and what that shows to your buyer is, you know, don't believe me, believe the data. Uh, you know, kind of take the human error out of it uh, by saying, hey, there's a 2.8 level uh, of inventory or a 2.8 month level of inventory in this uh, specific area code, it's uh, a great time to actually sell despite what other people are saying in the market. You're just speaking with knowledge and numbers and facts uh, and adding that into your CMA. Just a small thing like that that Josh has taught me to separate myself from the competition.
1: Well, I don't think that this team is for everybody. Just listening to it because this is, this is going to be for people that just want to be pointed into a direction and run it. Sounds like there's a lot of self-accountability, team accountability, but there's not going to be somebody there making sure you do your cold calls every morning. Like it, it, it sounds like a very high level type team, which I think is what's going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, in the next I would say Dave,
0: Dave is the accountability manager on, cause I mean, like for example, today at noon, uh, every Monday at noon, we all get on a zoom call uh, and discuss what listings we have um, and what areas we're you know, what deals we're planning on taking for that week. Uh, this way everyone can try to double end deals. Uh, you know, Hey, I've got, you know, we, we get together like that. And that's how we hold each other accountable of, you know, Hey, what are you doing? Um, the minimum is 12 deals, uh, to join the team. So, um,
1: which a lot of teams don't have minimums.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you're not holding yourself accountable, you know, um, Josh sits down and, and, you know, he goes through all of your goals with you uh, and then meets with you actually once a week to make sure you're hitting those goals and goes into a really deep dive of how you're going to get there. Um, so that's great. And then Josh teaches Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Uh, he 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 teaches uh, buyer presentations, listing presentations, CMA absorption report, uh, and then every single week he pushes out the numbers that matter uh, and builds out an absorption report for each area code in the count in all the counties. So you know, you know, hey, this is a good uh, area code to call for sellers, which allows you to
1: be. And I, and I think this is where a lot of agents get mixed up, but that allows you to be the most effective with your time. So it's not just, it's not just about putting in the time, it's about putting in the time effectively. Yeah.
0: Well, it's about being the local economist and, um, you know, <clears throat> you, yeah. Uh, like for example, what's great about the absorption report stuff is let's say you're in Draper and let's say buyers between five hundred and seven hundred thousand and $700,000. You know, there's a, a two month supply of inventory and then, uh, Buyers in between 1.2 million and 1.5 million, you know, there is a four-month supply of inventory. Um, What's nice is you can take that knowledge, you know, and go to your sellers at 500,000. They probably just made a boatload of money on that home. They can now sell that and go upgrade into, you know, that that higher demographic. And you can clearly explain to them, hey, right now because you have such a short level of inventory, you can get top dollar from your home. And now we can go into this other market. That's still in your, you know, in Draper. So you can still live in Draper, but now you can get a way nicer home, you know, uh, for, you know, whatever it is, one point one, one point two, and you could probably get a deal on it because there's, you know, a higher level of inventory.
1: And even if they say no, it allow, at least allows you to move that needle <clears throat> yeah. with your buyer. And, and there's right? so many
0: other agents out there that are way smarter than me, <clears throat> and will roll your eye, roll their eyes at that and be like, oh, the, you know, and I they could articulate way better than I can, um, but. Uh, you understand what I'm trying to say yeah. is Well just, so what
1: hey, give give us this as we kind of end this. What is your what is your best real estate hot take?
0: My best real estate hot yeah, take. Yeah, best real. Like
1: mine would be like I don't think all agents are worth 3%. Hmm. Right? Like I just I I don't I think there's a lot of them that are. I don't think all of them are though.
0: What's my best real estate hot take? I don't know. I mean, that'll take some thought. Um I would just say everyone thinks that they can do it. Uh, I dare you to try. <laughs> yeah. Has it been harder than you thought it would be? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, you watched a lot of the fun parts that I'm sure Mason let you see, but you probably didn't see the late-night phone calls, the late-night emails, like what your life actually looked like.
0: Yeah, right? I just think a lot of people like to see the success of real estate, and they just, you know. It's a little
1: glamoratized at times. So that's it, not even a word, is it, it? can
0: be. well Over-glamoratized? For example, uh, you know, here's my hot take, I guess, is uh, <clears throat> I left the 9 to 5 to work, you know, 9 to 9.
1: Yeah. And it's been more than you thought it would be. Yeah. But that's where the money's that made. Makes sense. That's yeah. where the money's made.
0: That is where the money's yeah. made. It's uh, before hours, after hours, and on weekends, mm-hmm. you know. Um, this has been a tremendous experience so far. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I d- decided to join the market at probably the hardest time, uh, but it's all mindset. Yeah. You know, is it the hardest time? This is where
1: the money's going to be made. Like, this is, even if it's not this year, it's the people that are putting in the time and putting in the effort now. It's it, just if you look at numbers, yeah, real estate uh, always goes up. It, there's it, times where it goes down. It always goes up. It always goes up. Yeah, and I would say
0: you know with interest rates rising, you know for every point we we gain, we lose 18 percent of first time home buyers. Uh But there's a been there's a lot of people in Utah that have been waiting for this moment. Yeah, and it's finding those buyers is what will take you you know to the next level.
1: That's why you should hire a content creator. Yeah. Okay, anything else? That's it. That's all we no, got no. to cover. You got any funny questions for me? I don't think so. I think that's it. We kept it PG 13 this time. I'm happy. You
0: got any good jokes?
1: No, do you? No. Let's none, call it then. None that. Are PC. We got to get you out.
0: All right. Peace, bro. Thank you.